Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.church, where you can listen to our past sermons, watch our 4G stories, and learn more about who we are. Do you see what I see? I see a church that for 16 years has loved South Atlanta one relationship at a time. A church that in the past year alone has seen more salvations and baptisms than any other year in its history. I see a church that is committed to making a lasting impact in Coweta and Troop County. A church that has deep relationships in schools and in the community. A church that has trusted God and has followed Him at all cost. But I see more. Do you see what I see? I see a church that is willing to do whatever it takes to share the love of Jesus. A church that is ready for what God has next. I see a church that has established itself in Troop County and is ready for a permanent location. A church that wants to expand throughout South Atlanta. A church that gives out of the overflow of their heart. A church that is the future of the next generation. I see a church that is being the church. I see Southcrest. God has given our church an incredible opportunity to impact His kingdom. Over the next 100 days, we are asking you to join us in our Do You See What I See giving campaign as we move forward with all that God has planned for our church. Happy New Year! Huh? Welcome, Noonan. Welcome, LaGrange. So glad you're here today. You made it up for church. Yeah, I think we should give a clap both campuses for that. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for 2017. I am. I am glad 2016 is over and 2017 is here and we are starting fresh. As many of you know, you know, let me just kind of step back for a minute. We're going to be in Joshua today, in Joshua chapter 1. And it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I mean, God literally changed his name to Yahshua, which mean, means Yah is Savior. And so it's kind of a foretelling about what's going to happen. And so I'm excited that God has that and is going to speak to us today. But first, I want to say this. I need to tell you as a church, thank you. As many of you know, the end of 2016 for me and my family was tough. I lost my 18-year-old brother back in August. And, and, and the way you responded to my family through meals, through texts, through Facebook posts and encouragement means more than you'll ever know. You helped us get through it. And so for that, I say thank you. I I love being a part of a church, though, that wraps their arms around those who are hurting, that's generous to those that are in need. I mean, I I love being up here for Christmas in Coweta, when we took care of a hundred or so families or more, and loved them and wrapped our arms around them. I love what you're doing with the Do You See uh, What I See campaign and, and, and reaching the next generation to love Jesus and to pursue him passionately. And so I am pumped for 2017. 
I told someone yesterday, I feel like God is about to do something huge in this community. And I think we might get to play a small part in it. And so I think that should get us a little excited. You're like, oh my, he must have had a lot of coffee. (laughs) No, I've only had one. But I'm just passionate. I got to be in the mountains um, in Colorado this week. And and I got to experience some incredible things. And and I've really been wanting to listen to what God is saying. And, And not just through his word, but actually sit and listen to his voice. Because I believe if we would just sit a little bit, he would speak more than we've ever heard. And and so that's what I had the opportunity to do. So I'm pumped. And and I feel like the word from Joshua today is going to be powerful. You know, in this new year, it's new year. We think of new resolutions, right? And new challenges. We think of goals. We think of all sorts of things. It comes with great excitement and expectation. For some, 2016 was fantastic. And you're like, I just hope 2017 is just as good. For some, it's like, oh, I'm just glad that year is over. But no matter what, it's here. And we are in a new day. And so we are are jumping in. So my thing is, is if it's here, right, we made all these resolutions and goals last year that literally probably lasted about a week. Like I made some and I was done with them in a week. How can we make 2017 the best year yet? How can we step into what God has for us? How can we realize our goals? How can we maybe stop what we need to stop? And how can we hear from God's voice and do what he's asking us to do. I think today, I don't think there's a magic bullet to make 2017 great, but I do believe there's a big God who has big power and can do big things. And that's why I think Joshua 1 is so powerful. I'll be honest, when I was in Colorado and, and a couple weeks ago, I was praying, God, what, what, do you, what do you want me to say? What do you have? What do you, what do you really need to say? And he said, hey, I want you to come from Joshua 1. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And he's like, no, Cam, I, I really want you to speak through Joshua 1. No, no, mm-mm. I have something else. And he's like, hey, are you going to do what I'm asking you to do or are you going to do Cam's thing? I was like, all right, I'll, I'll speak on Joshua 1. And, and what's amazing is, is I think God has this awesome way of really just saying, this is why. And so this word from Joshua 1 is just as much for me as it is for you. But I'm excited. And, and so let's start. You know, Joshua 1, here's the cool thing. I, I, I love Joshua because if you look at it, it's actually part two of God's greatest redemption work in the Old Testament. Part one was the first five books known as the Pentateuch, okay? And, and it's, it's this, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, I say part one because that is where God is using Moses to bring his people out of Egypt, 
right? So he's using him to bring them, to free them from slavery, to bring them out of Egypt. That's the first five books. And, and, and it's awesome because you have Moses and, and, and you have all of this stuff happening. And, and then there's a character that's really introduced named Joshua. And, and, and in Hebrew, it's pronounced Yahshua. And, and it, his name actually means Yah is Savior. So it's a foretelling of what's about to happen. Now in part two, part two starts in Joshua 1. And part two is where God is going to use Joshua to take his people from Israel into a new land, into the promised land. And that's where they get to realize it. And and, and now Joshua has grown up. He's been Moses' assistant. He's been his right-hand man. And for 40 some years, he's done everything he was supposed to. He was a valiant warrior. He was articulate. He was smart. He was intelligent. And and he really did everything. Everything that God had said, everything Moses had said. And then we get to this part where he's no longer the number two guy. He's the number one guy. And that's where we pick up. We pick up in Joshua 1, 1 through 9. And it says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I have given them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. I want to stop right there for a minute. Because I want you to realize the responsibility that was just placed on Joshua. I want you to realize the weight. You go from being the number two guy to being the number one. And immediately God is saying, hey, I want you to take my people. I want you to cross over to the other side. You're not only going to have to fight for the land, you then get to split it up. Have you ever had to split up land for someone? It's an incredible responsibility. But you're going to go to the promised land. You're going to take my people there. Now, if you remember, God had promised this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And and, and then Moses led his people out. And there for 40 years, they're like, they're just wandering. They're like, what are we doing? And But God said, hey, I promised this land. Now I'm giving it to you. But you see, God's promise doesn't take away the faith step of you reaching out and taking it. You reaching out and taking what God has given to you. You see, a lot of times, I think even then, they could have said, oh yeah, you know, promised land, great, thanks. How often do we do that? God's saying, I promised you this. Are you going to reach out and take it? Or are you just going to leave it? But there's a faith step there. Let's continue. Verse four. 
from the wilderness in this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I could drop the mic and leave. I mean, God was literally speaking and saying, hey, Joshua, you get to lead the people in. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. He said it three times. I know God's had to tell me things usually seven to ten. He only had to tell it to Joshua three. Three times he said, do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. For I am with you. I am with you. So no matter what happens, I am with you, Joshua. No matter what comes your way, I am with you. No matter what happens in that promised land, I am with you. Don't be afraid. I've given you everything you need to take that land. Don't be discouraged. I'm right here with you. You belong to me. I love that about Joshua. Is he was willing to listen. He was willing to obey. You know, I think sometimes we think, oh, that means worldly success, but the Hebrew terminology here used in these assurances has nothing to do with worldly wealth or success, but has everything to do with staying the course. Staying committed to whatever God has asked you to do. Whether he's asked you to lead your family, to move your family. Maybe it's a new job or something else. It just means, hey, whatever I've asked you to do, whatever I've asked you to be, stay the course. Stay committed. I'm with you. Whatever you go through, I'm with you. Death of a family member, I'm with you. Sickness, I'm with you. It's God saying, you're mine. And I have you in the palm of my hands. You see, he says something important here in, in verse 8. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. Here's what that's saying. Don't just listen to the word. Don't just speak the word. Be the word. Do the word. You see, I think sometimes a lot of us just are looking for answers. We grasp for certain things. We read self-help books. We, we, we go and we take classes. Guess what? The answer to life is right here. You don't have to go any further. This is the power to change life. Name another book that can do that. It's right here. He's saying all you have to do is act upon it. You see, I think a lot of times what we do is we read it and we look at it. We may speak it, but we don't live by it. And what God is telling Joshua is, hey, don't let it depart from you. Meditate on it. Live by it. Do what it says. And you're going to have success. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? I love that. I needed to hear that last week. I've read this thing several times, probably a hundred times in the last couple of weeks. And that popped out. It was like, hey, Cam, you gonna do what I say? You gonna do what's in here? Have faith. Have faith. It took 40 years. Have faith. We can't just listen. We've got to put it into action. So how can we take this? How can we make sure that we start what we finish? That the things we need to stop, we stop. And the things God's asking us to do, we do. Well, I think it's real simple. And I think Joshua 1, 1 through 9 kind of lays it out. If we follow Joshua's example, it kind of lays it out. The first thing is we have to get back to remembering, knowing who we belong to. Did you hear what I said? Know who you belong to. You belong to the God who delivers on his promise even after 40 years. The God that promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hey, I'm gonna deliver your people. Hold on. 40 years later, here we go. They come out of Egypt. He delivers on their promise. The same God that delivered on his promise then delivers on his promise today because he's the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he is unchanging. He doesn't change. He's a perfect God. That's who you belong to. He's a powerful God. That's who you belong to. And I think sometimes we forget. We need to remember who we belong to. John 16, says this. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God was serious when he told Joshua, be strong and courageous for I am with you. He was serious about it. Because he has overcome the world. He owns the world. Anything that happens, he's ordained. And he's got us in his hands. Saying, I am with you. 
You are mine. You belong to me. How often does God ask us to do something and we get afraid or we get discouraged? Because we forget who we really belong to. The God who placed us in existence, the God who ordained us, the God who gave us life. The God who gave us life. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives power to the faint and weary, and to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it abound. So no matter what comes your way, when you know you belong to him, you can get through any situation. You can get through any challenge. I am telling you, the death of my baby brother was one of the hardest things I've ever had to experience. Having to do his funeral twice, one in Colorado, one in Wichita, I would not have gotten through it if I had forgotten who I belonged to and who he belonged to. And knowing where he's at. He's no longer worried about this life. He is praising Jesus and shouting praise. And that's what puts a smile on my face. That's what makes me want to go out and share Jesus with anybody I can. That's what gets me excited. You belong to the God that sent his one and only son to die for you so that we could have life and have it abundantly. That's who you belong to. I think the second thing is this. We have to remember who we are. We have to remember who we are. One of the things I've been teaching my three-year-old, and, and it's at bed at night, and, and, and I've also been teaching my 10-year-old this, um, and I, I've had her say it, and my 17-year-old, he just knows way more than I do now, and um, it, it's just interesting, but I say these three things to them. I say, you are a child of God, Jesus loves you, and he is pleased with you. You are a child of God. Jesus loves you, and he is pleased with me no matter what. Repeat after me. I am a child of God. Oh, no, 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 uh-uh. Repeat after me. I am a child of God. Jesus loves me, and he is pleased with me. You see, that's who we are. And when you really grasp that, that should give you hope. That's what Joshua realized. He knew who he was. A child of God. Joshua lived out Romans 8.11. 
If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Wow. You see, the same spirit that lived inside of Jesus once you have asked him to come into your life now dwells in you. You have that same power. You have that same power. That's now who you are. When we ask Jesus to come into our life, when we ask him to remove our sin, his, that same spirit comes in. It dwells in you. That's who you are. That's who we can walk in. We can walk in truth and we can walk in love. And, and that should give us hope. That's what we should be out in the world sharing. That's how we should live. You see, Joshua wasn't about making excuses. And we don't have to be either. Because the same God that was with Joshua is the same God that is with you. You know, one of the things that I love about Joshua is this. He was committed, not interested. And when you know who you are, you can be committed and not interested. Here's the thing. Committed people do whatever it takes to finish the job at hand. Committed people actually, they, they see right here. They've got like blinders on. They're committed. And when you know who you are, you can be committed. Interested people get swayed real easy. Because interested people typically give up when the going gets hard. When challenges come, uh, I'm good. That's not convenient. You're asking me to do what? Uh, but when you know who you are, you can be committed. And I believe God's calling us to be committed, not to be swayed. I think committed people have this long-term mindset. They have a long-term mindset. They're not worried about the short-term. They're worried about the long-term. And when you know who you are, when you know what God has placed in your heart, when you know the desires that God has placed, and you can see the long-term you are able to get through it because you're committed. Because you know that the same spirit that lived inside of Jesus lives inside of you now. And you can be committed. You can walk in faith. If it takes four hours, it takes four hours. If it takes four days, it takes four days. If it takes four months, it takes four months. If it takes four years, it takes four years. But if it takes 40 years, you're okay with that too because you know who you belong to and you know who you are. And that's what God's calling us to. That's what God's calling us to. Do you know who you are enough to wait 40 years for God to do what he has promised you? Do you know who you are? 
Do you know who you are? And no matter what happens, God promised you. He's put a promise inside all of us. Do you know who you are enough to be patient and to see his promise through? Because he will. The only people that get in the way of God's promises is us. Because we're not patient. We want everything now. But if we would just be patient and wait, I believe God has so much more for us. What if more of us live like Joshua, knowing who we belong to and who we are? I think we would be ready for any challenge. I, would, I think we'd be strong and courageous, willing and able. We would be committed to finishing what God started in us. And we would be ready for what he has. I love Joshua 3.5. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Get ready because God is going to do something big. Get ready because God is going to do something wonderful. Get ready. Consecrate means to make holy. Be ready. Are you ready? I hope I'm ready. Even in the little things. One of the things I, I told you, God, I've really been over the last three or four months really wanting to hear from God, not just in this word, but in my own time and, and really just in any time. Hey, God, speak to me. And, and, and it's really interesting when you start praying that typically here it comes. Are you ready? I told you I was in um, Colorado about a week ago or as back at Christmas Eve. And, and at Christmas Eve, um, we were at Walmart. What were we thinking? But it was, it was about five o'clock. And honestly, Walmart in Cortez, Colorado, there's about the only thing there. And so my wife and I were there. We were finishing up some things. And, and I finished first. That was not smart on my part. Because that mean that I had to be patient and wait. And so I sat down on this bench um, in front of all the cash registers. You know where those benches are. Right on the other side of the restrooms. Oh, that's weird. But anyways, that's where they were. And, and I just sat there and God said, hey, Cam, I just want you to start praying for people. I'm like, hey, I got that. That's easy. That's not asking me to do anything hard. And so I did. I just started picking out people and started praying for them. And then God asked me to do something that, um, mm-mm. Mm-mm. He asked me to go up to somebody and tell them Jesus loves you and he's here for you. You see, for those of you who know me, you think, oh yeah, he's on stage, he's the funny guy, he's the student guy, the kid guy. Yeah, that's not really me. I'm more introverted, to be honest. Yeah, if I know you, I'll make you laugh. I'll slap you on the back. We'll have a good time. I'll tease you. 
if he's a couple of you regularly. But if I don't know you, I am not the first person to walk up to you, shake your hand and say, hey, how are you doing? Jesus loves you. Can I talk to you about that? But honestly, that's what God's really been calling me to do more. That puts me in my no-no zone. That puts me in my uncomfortable zone, but he usually calls us to be uncomfortable, right? And he told me to go tell this little cashier, she was about 24, 25, her name was Claire, I remember it clear. He said, hey, I want you to just go up to her, Cameron, and I want you to tell her that Jesus loves her and that he has, he has her right where she needs to be. And I was like, uh, no. Nah, I'm not going to do that. And I said, I'll pray for her. And about that time, Kendi was done. <laughs> and she was walking out, and I said, hey, I'm right here. I'm right by you. And then God said, Cameron, are you going to listen to me and obey me? Are you going to walk in truth? Are you going to have courage? And I'm like, God, it's just telling somebody Jesus loves them. It's not that big a deal. And right then I was like, oh, my. Because that's the greatest thing anybody could ever hear. Is that Jesus loves them and he's there for them. And so I told Kendi as we were walking, I said, hold on. God's telling me to do something. I'll be right back. I know she was thinking I was crazy. She already thinks I'm crazy. (laughs) And so I walk up. I tap this young lady named Claire on the shoulder. And there's a load of people. She's got someone talking to her. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) And I'm like, Claire, my name's Cameron. I've been over at that bench praying for you. And immediately you saw kind of a tear well up. And I was like, oh, this is why. And the person looking at me is like, you are crazy. Call security. And I said, Claire, I felt like God was telling me to come over and tell you Jesus loves you. He's here for you. Merry Christmas. And it wasn't that long, but she just said, I needed to hear that. Thank you. And I walked away. All it was was knowing who I was and knowing who I belonged to and walking in courage. It doesn't matter if it's telling someone, hey, Jesus loves you, or if it's moving your family around the world to go and, and, and take care of widows and orphans in Africa. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the little thing or the big thing. It all matters to Jesus. And when we know who who we are and who we belong to, we can do even the little things that turn into big things. And so as we close, I believe we want to be a people of commitment and not interest. A people knowing whom we belong to and knowing who we are. Because that's the only real way we're going to see change in this world. I mean, think about it. There's a lot of people in this room. 
What if we all walked out knowing who we are and knowing who we belong to and walked out in authenticity and said, hey, here we are. What if we actually started doing what God started telling us to do? What if, what if there's someone at, at your work or at your job, maybe you're a pilot and you're co-pilot, maybe God's speaking to you and saying, hey, I need you to tell me about Jesus. That can be kind of weird. But if you know who you are and who you belong to, that conversation's simple because you know God is the God of the universe, the creator of you, the creator of everything. And Hey, he just wants you to share his story and you get to play a small part in it. How awesome is that? We could change the world. You might be an attorney. You might have a client. If God puts it in you to say something encouraging to them, how awesome is that? You might be a nurse and you have a patient. Maybe they've said things to you. Maybe it's just a word of encouragement. Are we going to listen? Or are we going to hide in fear? When you know who you are and who you belong to, you can do a lot. Because God gives you the same power. And his name's Jesus. And his spirit comes down and he dwells in us. And he gives you the power and the love to share his story. So let's live like Jesus today in this crazy world. Let's make our workplace look different by knowing who we belong to, a big God, and we can live out our faith at work. Dads, let's make our families look different. When was the last time your kiddos saw you kneel and sing praise to Jesus? Dads, when was the last time your kids, your students saw you open up the Bible? When was the last time you shared what Jesus was doing in you with your student? With your spouse? We can make our world look different simply by knowing who we belong to and who we are. I want to stop being worried about being liked by everybody. And I want to be driven by the big love of a big God to share his story, no matter how he tells me to share it. No matter who he tells me to share it with. That's what I want to be driven by. That's what I want Jesus to fill me up with. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you have made a decision for Christ or have any prayer request, please email us at hello at southcrest.tv. If you would like to join us in our Do You See What I See giving campaign, please check out our website at southcrest.church forward slash do you see.